Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to episode 150 of the Talk is Cheap podcast, a New York Giants podcast from NJ Advanced Media. I'm Ryan Dunleavy, beat writer, and in a minute you'll hear my colleague, columnist Steve Politti. You can find this podcast for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spreaker, and anywhere else you can find a podcast. We'd appreciate your five-star review. Hopefully, we're about to earn it. Steve, they traded Odell Beckham. Yeah, I'm just glad I'm just glad we're both here. I heard there was a rumor you're going to be traded to Cleveland.com for, for, for a bag of pencils. So yeah. I'm glad you're still here. Hey, yeah. Maybe me and like a first rounder for Mary Kay Cabot. <laughs> no, that's still not even. Not even. Not a good deal. No. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. You have to admit. You have to admit. You know, even with the rumors, and I'll tell you, like you, you know, you heard, oh, they might be trading. They might trade him, and there was enough smoke that you knew that it was a possibility. But still, when it happened, it is the rare sports news that made me go, "Holy bleep!" You know, I mean, it yeah. really was a holy bleep moment. It really was, and uh, we had heard it, and fans didn't want to believe it, and you know, it was the Rams, then it was the Patriots, then it was the 49ers, then it was the Browns, then it was the Patriots, then it was the 49ers, then it was the Browns, and uh, really, Beckham ends up in a great situation for him, friendly with Baker Mayfield, an up-and-coming uh, quarterback, best friends with Jarvis Landry, a team that the Cleveland Browns are on the rise, the best, best thing I saw on social media, actually, the other day, <laughs> it was... It you did, did did you see it? It was a picture you're of talking about, yeah. a baton hand from uh from uh, like a like on a relay race, and it was the Browns handing the Giants a baton that said "worst team in the NFL." So, yeah, yeah. That was this, fun. It's funny. This is what struck me about this, and I, I was thinking about Beckham's legacy here. You know. And we talked about this. Either you loved the guy and thought he was a breathtaking talent or you hated the guy and thought he was a me first cancer. Like there was no there was no middle ground for it for everyone except the Giants. <laughs> you know, yeah, this yeah. Like, my conclusion, because they're the ones that gave him the ninety five million dollar contract in August and said all these things. I mean, you go back and look at these quotes and I get it. Opinions change, but like we we want him to be here for, for life. He's you know, he's done all the right things, just went all in on gushing about him. You know, then, you know, seven months later, really, other than the Lil Wayne video and a couple of relatively minor things. Nothing happened. He was the same guy, and now you're shipping him off for 
I, you know, for a first, a middle of the pack, first round pick, the last pick in the third round, and a, and a decent, pretty good safety. I mean, I, I'm, it's it's just to me, it just blows me away, and it just it just showed a complete lack of organizational plan. That's what that's what I guess what I came away with, you know. But Dave Gettleman told Giants.com we have a plan. Right, you have a plan, right? But what? Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that more. But I just the sense that if you're going to give up on this guy, you know, after giving him that contract. And then tying up $16 million in cap space and paying him, you know, $22 million when you could have had him for $8 million. I mean, it's just all of this stuff you just think, all right, if you have a plan, you please, you know, <laughs> send up some smoke signals. Yeah. You know, maybe you should, maybe you should, you know, let, let us in know what you're doing because as an outsider, it just looks like, you know, you, you, you just have no idea what you're doing. And I think that's what really, whether you liked Beckham, or you thought it was good to get rid of him. If you're a Giants fan and you see that, and you must, you have to be thinking, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. So let's. I'm going to take this in a couple parts. Beckham. Look, I don't know why there can't be middle ground on Beckham because I think yeah. most sports writers have tried to find it. And here's my middle ground on Beckham. He is a fantastic player, perhaps the most talented player ever to wear a Giants offensive uniform. And that includes quarterbacks. That includes Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. 44 touchdowns in 59 games is bonkers. Yeah. Um, that said, he did a lot of dumb things. He put himself in a lot of stupid situations. So I think that's my middle ground. He was great on the field. He was terrible off the field. He was well-liked in the locker room. He was not well-liked in the coaches part of the locker room or the upstairs part of the facility. That's it's really that simple. When you hear distraction, it does not mean to number forty-two on the roster. It means to the guys upstairs. Right. That's what it means. That's who he was a distraction yeah. to. Did he do um, anything, Rye? Though as a distraction, did he do anything that to the level that that warrants shipping him out? That's my. That's where I come from. Like, was there anything? Was there any distraction? I get it. There's a lot of stuff. The Giants are a very conservative franchise to begin with. They don't like this stuff, but. I mean, and there was, there was, was there anything that just got to the point where you had to get rid of him? I don't think so. And I, that's what I can, I come back to him and I've ripped Odell many times for some of the things, oh, I, things he's done. And I get somehow it. I've become an Odell defender. <laughs> I rip him all the time. And I'm some, I've had to defend him because there's so much nonsense yeah. out there. Yes. Right. And that, that's what bothers me about this was this idea that he was a cancer. He was not a t- He was not a cancer yeah. in that locker room. I was in that locker room. The players loved him. And if, if, if the narrative is going to be, well, behind the scenes, he was ripping Eli Manning. Well, I mean, <laughs> we sit in the press box, you know, which is a mile above the field. And it's the, it's the, you, we sit there during games and you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, he's open by 10 feet. There've been examples where you're like, he would have scored if that ball was just thrown, you know, I mean, like you know, every game there were moments like that. So yeah, I, I can understand why he's frustrated with the quarterback play in a lot of ways. I get that that's not a popular opinion for Giants fans who love Eli Manning, but. <laughs> You know, if that's the reason you're running out of town, it, I, it just put it this way. When, when it comes out, when they give an explanation for this, when they have a, it better be a good one. That, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, it cannot be. We thought this was the best move for the organization, cliche kind of stuff. Just, I don't know. Why is it such a terrible thing to say we're rebuilding? Or why is it such a terrible thing to say? Because of ticket sales, don't the Giants have a season ticket line from here to like, you know, uh, uh, Cumberland County? 
Like, I, yeah. I don't understand. Like, like, why can't you just say we're rebuilding for the best for, you know, the best of the organization? Why can't you just say that? Or why can't you just admit you screwed up? Like, I would have so much more like, OK, I had confidence in somebody. I had so much more confidence in somebody who just screwed up, who just said I screwed up. When my boss calls me out, if I screwed up, I say I screwed up. Um, I don't understand why Gettleman can't just say, look, I looked at this roster. I thought we were injured in 2017. We have so much top-end talent. We're a couple pieces away. I started free agency. I went, boom, Nate Solder. Boom, Kareem Martin. Boom, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, I went, boom, Alec Ogletree trade. I went, boom, Saquon Barkley. I went, boom, Odell Beckham extension. And then we went one and seven. And I was like, oh, my God, we suck. <laughs> so uh, so then ever since then, I went, boom, Eli Apple. Boom, Dwayne, uh, Damon Harrison. Boom, Odell Beckham. Boom, Landon Collins. Boom, I'm shipping everybody out. Why can't you just say that? I don't. Know. We made one last run. It didn't work. We're try now. We're gonna try to go in the opposite direction. Be patient with us. We're gonna build it the right way. I don't. Why can't you just say yeah, that? I, I I, you're absolutely right, and it would it would be a refreshing thing to hear. I will say this though, from the other side of it, if they really are rebuilding. You mean to tell me that there's not a place for a 26 year old receiver who's one of the top three in this position? I mean, I don't, I just don't understand. Or, or for that matter, a, a, a 20, a 25 year old safety or who's one who's your best playmaker in defense. I mean, there's just many of these things they're doing. All right, strip down the roster. Is the goal to go two and fourteen next year? I mean, is that what we're doing? Is I mean, it's just you know, I mean, we've got you, you, you had a terrible defense to begin. Forget, forget the offense and losing Odell. We've seen what that offense looks like with Eli Manning and without Odell Beckham. Uh, so let's forget that. Now, now go to the defense. I mean, what, you know, <laughs> that defense was bad last year. It's going to be. I mean, you've, you're taking away, you're stripping away some of the some of the best players on that side of the field. Here's what I will say. Here's what I'll say, Steve, since you brought it up. Is there room for a 26-year-old receiver in a in a rebuild? Yes. Is there room for that if that guy's name is Mike Evans or Brandon Cooks or um, Sterling Shepard? If that guy's name is Odell Beckham, I'll say this. I don't know that there is room for Odell Beckham in a rebuild because Odell Beckham shows up. And we like we can say maybe rightfully so, whatever, he's open. He shows up a two-time Super Bowl MVP Hall of Fame quarterback. If some rookie comes in here, I mean, he would have – Godel Beckham would have shredded Kyle Aletta. He would have He would have made him look so bad, like throwing his hands up in the air, talking about – you know, mumbling about him under his breath. Would he do that to Dwayne Haskins? Would he do that to Baker Mayfield? Would he do that – I mean, you want to say no, but what if that guy struggles? What if the what if the quarterback they pick is Ryan Leaf? Odell Beckham would ruin well, yeah, that but, guy. But let's do it the other way. What if the what if the quarterback's really good? What if you do take Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. Now you're taking away a player who could who could ease that transition. This is what I don't understand. They have to get a young quarterback in here. They they, they know that. They're I think they're planning on doing it. So now you know that quarterback's going to come in, and instead of you know, having Odell Beckham drawing a double team and making everything so much easier for the offense, you know, he, he's throwing the Sterling Shepard. He was a fine receiver, but he's not a number one receiver. There's not going to be a number one receiver on this team next year. So even if you're making that transition to the new to the new era, I mean, it's it, you know, I think we saw how hard it is for a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, to come in and play. If you don't, the Jets had this with Sam Darnold. They didn't give him a number one receiver, and he struggled at times. So it's going to be the same thing with with whoever the Giants draft now. Here's the one thing I want to say on this podcast. If I say nothing else on this podcast, I want to say this. 
I do not want to hear. I, I will literally, I, I don't know, I, I will mock the, whoever this fan is will receive relentless mocking from me for the rest of his life. The first fan who says to me, oh, well, it's not Eli Manning's fault. He has no, no receivers. I am going to lose my freaking It's coming. Mind. It is no, coming. It's, it's not Eli Manning's fault. He has no He has no offensive line. So we're going to give him Nate Solder, and we're going to give him Will Hernandez, and we're going to give him Kevin Zeitler. Okay, it's not his fault. He has no running game. Okay, we're going to give him Saquon Barkley. It's not his fault. He has no tight end. Okay, we're going to give him Evan Ingram. Now we're going to say it's not his fault. We have no receivers. No, no, do not say it. Do not come anywhere near me. When they are 0-4, do not come anywhere near me with what do you expect? He's throwing to Benny Fowler. I do not want to hear that. All right. So this this is something I wanted you to do because – you know, he did. Dave Gellman has taken a, a relentless amount of heat, and I totally understand why, right? But, you know, he's also been in the league for 40 years. He's got, he's a guy. I mean, he's not, he's not a total idiot. We, when he says he has a plan, I think you have to say, all right. He does. I mean, he, he can't, they have meetings, they talk about things, <laughs> they have whiteboards in the building. I want you to tell me what you think that plan is. And is there a scenario where we're wrong? Where what he's doing now, accumulating these assets, is going to put is going to put them in a situation where they'll be in good. Like what has to happen now? Take me through what you think the path to us looking like looking like idiots for ripping this trade is. Well, I'll start with the I'll start with from the begin. I'll start with the second part of what you just said, and I think it's so simple. Take seventeen and take six. Pick seventeen and six. Trade them for one or two, whatever you can get. And get Dwayne Haskins. That's it. And then, uh, assuming that you believe in Dwayne Haskins, I mean, obviously, if you don't believe in him, then I don't know what to tell you. But if you believe in him, go get him. And then no one cares. Trading Dwayne, trading Odell Beckham for the number 17 pick in the draft, the number 95 pick in the draft, and Jabril Peppers is always going to look like a bad trade. But trading, uh, Odell Beckham for, the Giants' next Super Bowl winning quarterback okay. is a great trade. So if you believe that it's Dwayne Haskins, then that's the scenario. That's the scenario Gettleman was talking about at the NFL Combine when he was talking, when he said he, he would love to gift the Giants a franchise quarterback, go to Cape Cod, kick his feet up, and retire and watch it from afar. Basically, what Ernie Accorsi has done for the last decade I got Eli Manning, I'm going to put my feet up, watch and revel in the fact that I gave the New York Giants their quarterback by trading a first-round pick the next year. I think it was Luis Castillo, the Jersey native. The fact that I don't even know that for sure, and most of our listeners do not, I think tells you, give up 17, and even if he becomes a Pro Bowl defensive end, no one cares if if you draft the next Eli Manning. No one cares what the what the 49ers get with picks 6 and 17. If you Is end up enough? with the next you think that's line, enough? That, that's that, the that will that will get them up there. That's what the charts say. From, from yeah, from 6 to 2 might it might cost you 6 17 right. and a fifth rounder okay, or something like that. We're going to say but, they did that. Yes. They got they got Haskins. Okay. They got the they got the quarterback. All right. Now what? <laughs> What's the next? <laughs> but so you 
the re- right. I mean, so you asked me what the plan is. I think Dave Gettleman's plan is to accumulate as many draft picks as possible and rebuild the team with cheap young talent and then have like a hundred million dollars in salary cap space next year, the way the Jets do right now, or the or the 49ers do, or the Packers, or all these teams you mm-hmm. see making huge splashes, player, player, player. Oh my God, the Jets sign everybody. Oh my God, the Packers sign everybody. Oh my God, the Raiders got everybody. I think that's so, the plan. If you're asking me what the plan is, it's cheap young talent right now, quarterback right now, learn behind Eli Manning in the quote Kansas City model, somebody called Mike Francesa, and then accumulate cap space and then next year sign the free agents to complement the young. Talent. So for this That's has to happen, he has to have what would be uh, an, an historically great draft pretty much. Right. He's got to use these 12 picks. He's got to trade up to get the quarterback. And then he has to be right with mean, He's got to be right with the, the, the second round picks. He's got to be, he's got to, he's got to get guys who can come in and play right away. Or as we've discussed before, Eli Manning's, you know, last trip down memory lane is going to be ugly. <laughs> it's going to be ugly next year. Yes. I mean, I think Eli Manning, whether he gets the guys or not, I mean, not every rookie is Saquon Barkley. Will Hill, excuse me, not Will Hill, mm-hmm. BJ Hill and Lorenzo Carter had nice rookie years, but they had one guy had four sacks. The other guy had five and a half. You know, they, they played a lot, but it's not like, oh, wow, these guys transformed us. Like, those are good picks, but that's not going to stop the giant Eli Manning's last season from being a disaster. Like Eli Manning's last season is going to be a disaster. Like they are. The thing about Eli Manning is he's only two games over 500 for his career. So if he goes out and the giants go, Oh, and six or something, he's under 500 for his career. He gets benched. It's a really sad way to end it. And look, I, that's why I've been arguing that I don't think he should be the quarterback in 2019. All signs indicate he will be, um, and like I wrote this morning, I guess shame on me because it always was going to end in 2020. The only natural way for this to end is with an amicable, amicable, you have no contract. We're not cutting you. It's up to you whether you want to go retire or, some, or play somewhere else. But that's on you, Eli Manning. The Giants are no longer responsible for you, kind of the way that. Uh, you know, kind of the way that you break up with somebody without actually having the breakup. <laughs> All right, this is a perfect transition to your favorite game, true or false. Uh, for 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 listeners do who like don't, aren't familiar with this, when we did the Rutgers podcast, I would give a true or false questions to Dunleavy. He would answer quickly, and then we'd come back and revisit the topics later. Let's get right started with that. True or false? Eli Manning is the opening game starter in 2019. What Did I, you say 2029? <laughs> true or false? <laughs> <laughs> he is the game true. eight starter true. in 2019. True. He is the game true. 16 true. starter in 2019. <laughs> uh, Are they home in know. week 16? Uh, I will say, I'll say yes. I'll say yes, but only because... Like that's his right. final farewell game. I would say he is not the starter okay. for the so final he's not then. It's fall, the next question will be false. He is not the starter for the 2020 season opener. <laughs> in your yeah. opinion, so, 
No, I'm going to say no. Although I probably would have said that at this time last year, I'm going to say no. True or false? Not the 2020 Uh, start. Josh wrote, getting Josh Rosen is actually a smarter move than trying to draft Dwayne Haskins. I think. Okay. I say say true or false. The. We will, we will, true or false, I'd like to the Giants' that. offensive line will be much better in 2019. True or false, true. fans are going to revolt over this trade of Odell Beckham Jr., and we're going to see it in the attendance next season. True or false, true. Saquon Barkley's numbers will take a big hit as the result of losing Odell Beckham Jr. in this offense. True or false? False. Landon Collins going to the Redskins will turn out to be a good thing for the New York Giants. <laughs> all right. That's all. False. That's all I got. Wait, wait, here's one more. True or false? The Giants have one more free agent move up their sleeves this month. Like a big, like a, like a relatively like big one. Like any kind of move big. or a big one. All right. Let's revisit it. False. Uh, you think, false. what did you, I forget your answer on Rosen. You want, <laughs> tell me, tell me what your thoughts. Why? I said, I said, I said, false. That, uh, I think it's a good move. I do. I would. Yeah, if you're telling me I can get Josh Rosen for a second round pick, that's a good move. That's mm-hmm. good value. You're taking the number ten pick from last year and getting him for thirty seven. But two things: one, if the Giants were really sold on Josh Rosen, they would not have picked Saquon right. Barkley. Okay. They would have picked Josh Rosen. So now they're going to go back a year later and convince themselves, well, we kind of liked him. I mean, if Saquon mm-hmm. wasn't there, maybe we would have picked him. No, you probably would have picked Sam Darnold. So now you're going to convince yourselves that you like Josh Rosen. One of the one of the reasons I've heard the Giants didn't pick a quarterback besides their Saquon Barkley love was because there were enough people who liked different quarterbacks. You know, Guy X, you know, there's Shula, there's Shermer, there's Kevin Abrams, there's Gettleman, there's the scouts. Guy X liked Darnold, Guy Y liked mm-hmm. Allen, Guy Z liked Rosen. Uh, I don't know who is who in which scenario, but um, that's one of the rumors I've heard floating around. Um, so now you're going to all convince yourselves, all the guys who were on Team Allen or Team Darnold are going to convince themselves that Rosen's the guy. That's a little shady to me. And I personally, you're asking me, I watch a lot of football. I'm not, you know, I'm not paid to be a general manager or scout, but I watch a lot of football. I think Haskins is better. I do. I think Haskins is better. So I think it's worth giving up what you have to give up to get the better quarter. Quarterback is so important that you take the right guy. If you have an A grade on Haskins and an A minus on Rosen, it's worth giving up the first round picks for the A rather than the second round pick for the A minus in my mind. You don't cheap out because it's a better value deal. You may, you can make value deals at safety. You can make value deals at wide receiver. At quarterback, give me the best player. It's sort of fascinating. Of you, like if, you were, if we were redrafting, where would Rosen go if he, were, if he was in this draft? You know, it's kind of like, it's, it's interesting, right? If he, if he, where, where no, would he right re-go he in, in a this redraft draft of 2018? Where would he, where was would he rank in the quarterback yeah. prospect? Who was that number, who uh, was in a, like a top fun, of that heap fun, at a certain point last ask, year? Why? It's, fun, it's funny you ask that because I've asked mm-hmm. multiple people, multiple scouts uh, or analysts where Rose, where Murray and Haskins would rank in 2018, not where Rosen would rank now, but it's the same premise, right? And Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network had 
Rosen as his number <laughs> two quarterback in Donald? that group. Okay. Um, so Darnold, huh. Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield. So yeah. uh, now look, that's at the time. You right. know, that's not counting what Mayfield did as a rookie. That's at the, that's at the time grades for them, and right now grades for Haskins and Murray. And he had Haskins way down. I think he was sixth, tied for fifth, which is scary. Daniel yeah. Jeremiah is excellent at his job. And then Lance Zerline from NFL.com has Haskins second in that group uh, or tied for second, I believe, in that group. So uh, there's very different opinions. Rose, he's at Haskins ahead of uh, uh, Rosen in that group. Uh, in my opinion, where would Rosen be in this draft? I think he'd be the number one pick in this draft, uh, the number one quarterback in this draft. You might say Bosa's ahead of him, but I think wow. he'd be the number and, one and, quarterback unquestioned in this draft. I think the only re- the only reason people are down on Rosen right now is because he was terrible as a rookie, but he was playing for a terrible organization yeah, with a defensive right. coach right. and really no offense. So I think I think that's the reason people are down on him. Last year, the only knock on Josh Rosen was he's arrogant or you know. He thinks he's better than he is or whatever. No one said he stinks. No one questioned his talent. Now we're questioning his talent because they were – I was about to say, Giants fans, well, no, Eli Manning yeah, Giants fans no, that's no way to measure a player. So um, that's fascinating. Yeah, All right. yeah. so so Sam, Sam Darnold was not good as a rookie. He showed flashes. He's better than Rosen, but he wasn't good as a rookie. And Jets fans are right. he, he, through the roof. Rosen is such a better – and I believe so, me, I love Haskins. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I saw a lot of his games, just Ohio State. Uh, I, and I just, I just feel like, though, the body of work is so much stronger for Rosen. If you can get him at a discount for a second-round pick uh, and then and then get – the, the the one of those pass rushers in that draft. I don't know. That I mean, it's 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 an intriguing. I'm not saying it's the way they're going to go. If they're not sold on them, you're right. They can't do it. But it is an intriguing scenario where then you can use both of those first round picks on, you know, immediate contributors or, or cornerstone guys. That it's fascinating. Correct. Yeah, you come away with a pass rusher, maybe two pass rushers, or a pass rusher and a right tackle, or a pass rusher and a. Right wide receiver and Josh Rosen, if you believe in him, and all of a sudden your rebuild just got sped up if Josh Rosen's the guy. Put it this way. If you get Rosen, yeah. you're better, faster. If, he's good. if you get ha- – if he's good. If you, oh, yeah. if That's Haskins good. is good, it's still going to take you a while. I, I'm i just right. I'm just picking Haskins because I think he's better. Yeah. Uh, There's another, another good segue player. too. All right, so – and you brought, we had a good conversation about this. Uh, you, when we're, I'm talking on the phone, you, you challenged me. You said, how many Giants players can you currently name? And it was bad when like Zach Diossi was like the <laughs> fifth guy I came up with, but where I had the most trouble was, uh, was currently on this defense. I mean, it's like, all right, is Curtis Riley still a safety? Yes. Who's the other safety? I mean, who, the Jack Rabbit's Free still agent. here, right? I mean, like, it really is, it really is crazy. It really is crazy. Yes. I mean, what are they going to do? Here is the Giants. Here is, oh, the, give it to here me. is the Giants' current starting defense. Promising young player. Uh, BJ Hill. Dal- okay. A player. Dalvin Tomlinson. Okay. RJ McIntosh. <laughs> okay. Alec Ogletree. Kareem Martin, Lorenzo Carter, Janoris Jenkins, Grant Haley, Jabril Peppers, and maybe Antoine Bethea if he actually signs. He's still unofficially okay. signed. That's uh, uh, maybe Michael Thomas. 
That those aren't a lot of names you're going to see on jerseys. Put it that way, on <laughs> the back of jerseys. <laughs> It might, it's, yeah, probably the, so, it's probably the it's probably the worst. So now they've still got obviously the draft. What what are they going to do to improve that between now and between now and the opener? I mean, can they can they improve it? <laughs> uh, that's a great question, Steve. I, I thought that, I thought they would spend big money on at least one defensive free agent. When Gettleman came out and said we need defensive playmakers, I said, look, they're not going to afford three guys. But they're going to get themselves right. Preston Smith. There's Zadarius Smith, or or um, insert uh, you know uh, Judd, the guy from Steve Ford, somebody like that. They're going to get themselves a dynamic playmaker, probably a pass rusher, and maybe add a piece or two here. The way they added a Kareem Martin, or the way they added a Michael Thomas, and but they're going to have one guy where they have to have a press conference where they hold up his jersey and say, this is our guy. This is our Nate Solder this year. Uh, and they let all those guys go. There is not that guy now. Maybe you're going to, maybe they get him on the set. Some, you know, guy who was a salary cap casualty on the third wave of free agency, Justin Houston or something. But there's not that 26 year old stud that I thought they were going to get. They let all those guys go. So, what do they do? I think they get, they're going to look for a bunch of value pieces, a bunch of Michael Thomas type guys. And Michael Thomas had a great year, went to the Pro Bowl as a special teamer, played good as a safety, uh, is a terrific locker room guy. Um, I think they're going to look for a bunch of Michael Thomases at linebacker, at defensive end, at inside linebacker, at cornerback. I think that's the plan. They got to get Antoine Bethea is 34 years old, entering his 14th season. So the Giants are certainly not only looking for youth in this rebuild, uh, I think they're just going to well, plug and play be, uh, a lot of guys on That is even more, if you're a Giants fan, uh, well, not more alarming, but as alarming as, as you know, losing you know, the one guy you want to watch. Because defense, obviously, I mean, that's been the foundation of this franchise from the beginning. So It just hasn't been – look, when you said you're going to add defensive play, playmakers and your decision was to let go of Olivier Vernon and Landon Collins yeah. – you subtracted defensive playmakers. I, I mean, that, that, you know, right. I'm no mathematician, but you didn't add, you subtracted. So uh, if you were going to swap in, all right, no Landon Collins, but here's Tyron Matthew. No Olivier Vernon, but here's Preston Smith. Okay. Uh, I would say you have the same amount of talent, but you have new faces who are maybe more productive, so maybe you added. But swapping those guys in for – you know, I was going through the list of free agents last night and I was like, all right, this guy I've never heard of. Let me see how much he played. And it was like, oh, he played like 200 snaps and the Giants are going to turn him into a starter. Like, that's very risky. It's what they did with Kareem Martin last year is Kareem Martin uh, had been a career special teamer for the Cardinals, played a ton his last year as a free agent, played well. Giants gave him three years, $15 million, and he was I mean, he was an MIA on the field. Nice guy, good in the locker room, played a ton of snaps, but I think he had 40-something tackles and one sack. I mean, uh, it was MIA. The Giants, this is the stat. The Giants. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Giants, Steve. They've had Lawrence I could, Taylor. I could name more players on Lawrence, that defense, right? I could on this defense. Put it that way. My fear. Yeah. <laughs> They, yeah, they, they had Michael Ignore, Strahan. He was pretty good yeah. in second. Yeah, quarter. pretty good. Justin, Justin Tuck was pretty good. Jason Pierre-Paul was pretty good. Not bad. Hell, yeah. Matthias Kiwanuka was like uh, – the Giants have 
no one on their roster right career now with more than oh six God. and a half career sacks. Olivier Vernon had seven oh sacks God. last That's season incredible. and was incredible. considered a bust. I mean, I don't understand how you get into the quarterback. I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand how you're going to get to the quarterback. I, I don't. I, I people keep saying to me the Giants are going to lose a lot of 38-35 games. I, I think the Giants are going to lose a lot of like 55-35 games. Like I, I don't forget 38 okay, might be fascinating. And so, I don't know. Looking at looking through the reading the reactions from a lot of smart NFL observers, not just people in. You know, who have had jobs in it, who might have an axe to grind, but people who are just unbiased, like Bill Barnwell, and people who like you know really look and crunch this stuff and they dive deep into some of these moves. I just, I just come away with like there just isn't a lot of confidence in, in Dave Kettleman being the one to get this right. I mean, really, just not. And I, I like, I don't want to be completely. Uh, believe me, I've been surprised before. You know, they're still, I, they're still the Giants. They still have a track record. They still have four Super Bowls in their case. You know, it's just it is a hard sell right now from where I'm standing now to see that end game when we're standing there uh, in lower Manhattan with the confetti falling. You know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wrote something interesting about uh, John Mara because I wasn't covering. the. <laughs> it feels like I've been covering the Giants my whole life at this point, but uh, I wasn't covering the Giants on December 4th through 7th. 2017 when they benched I believe Eli. they are, and yeah, because at least then, then they were. Then. So then you're, you've you've reached the, the you're going to hit the reset button. You've reached that point. Like you got it wrong. This is going the wrong way. And if they had just like hit the plunger on that thing, if they had just you know gotten started over, then they did. They but they you know they moved on from Eli. If they had you used that opportunity to realize they didn't have a quarterback who was who was capable of, of elevating this team. You know, instead it was it was it was the opposite. I just feel like where they are now, I mean, other than Barkley, what? How many cornerstone players do you have? It's like it's it's not a big list. And I, the thing with the thing with John Mara, and, and I, I honestly thought when, like there was a stretch where he wasn't just the best owner uh, in the New York market, but you can make a case that he was the he was the the, the guy you wanted to own your team overall. You know, he's a football guy, smart. Uh, you know, family lived and breathed it. You know, the guy who would knock a chair over when they lost. You love to see that stuff. Just a guy and, and a guy who was represented the team well, who yeah. wasn't Dan Snyder. He wanted to just puke every time you saw him, who was in these meetings, who was influential in the league, who got stuff done. I mean, the transformation now, if, if, if his, his last name wasn't, I mean, you, I mean, really, he's certainly not Jim Dolan, but I mean, it's it's it's, yeah. it's a Wilpon level string that he's on. I mean, you can't you can't tell me it's not. And I think fans now yes. are furious, like or have really gone co- completely gone the other way on him because over what happened over the last uh, over the last few years. And it's it's interesting to see because you know his reputation was was really at a high level just three, four, five years ago. Yeah. Um. One more thing. I want you to put yourself in Eli Manning's shoes. You've covered Eli Manning a lot longer than I have. Um, why does he want to play for the Giants in 2019? Is it as simple as a guy who's made $200 million can't turn down another $17 million? Why would Eli Manning want to play for these Giants? I would not want to. I can promise you that if I had had his success, his career, and had to yeah. deal with the amount of crap that he's going to have to deal with if the Giants are 
two and 14 in 2019 and he gets benched for Haskins or Rosen and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it out. I'm out. I'd go live on an island somewhere. I'd buy an island. I'm out. So why, why would Eli Manning want to be, we talk so much Steve about why the giants would bring back Eli Manning. Why do they want a 38 year old quarterback as they rebuild the other side, the untold yeah, that's side. a great question. I, I wondered that at the end of the last year, like we have the no trade clause and we were swirling around. I asked that same question. I like, why wouldn't he want to go to Jacksonville and give it a shot? You know, let's see, let's see what happens with, with the Tom Coughlin and a, and a young, a young nucleus. I mean, who the hell knows? Uh, I, I think, I think it is partly that he, he generally likes playing football and he likes being a quarterback and he, you know, he loves living here. We know that he's a Jersey guy now. We've, you know, his family has said that as much, you know, said, said as much. And I, and I think he's the rare guy who does like having that played his entire career with one team thing. So, um, yeah, I agree totally. I, but then, so then you have to start, and then you're, then you're your done. Then you're done at 38. I, there's also a thing like I don't know that athletes look at it the way like in any sport look at it the way we do. Like we look at it and say, well, they're going to suck. And he might look at it and say, well, we still got Shep. We still got you know. I can see it. I can see him sitting there. You know, well, we still got Shep. Life's a little better. That's a good Eli Shep, Manning voice. Can you do that voice I'm again? Bring in, you know, bring in a guy and you know, give the ball to Saquon. <laughs> I can speak that. I could totally, I could totally see him think of that. Of course, he's you know, he's a, pride, he's a prideful guy. He doesn't want to go out like you know. He thinks he can. He still yeah. thinks he can play. He's you know, he doesn't show it because he's not you know, he's not exactly uh, he's not exactly Ben Roethlisberger with the fire or whatever. But you know, he's a guy who thinks he can win. So I, I have to imagine that's the that's the answer. But it's going to be really interesting, you know, when if we get back to that point again where he's sitting there and this is his last season and they are two and six and we are plotting toward. You know, just yeah. this inevitable end where, you know, it's not quite like Derek Jeter where, you know, it's like, but it's still, it's, it's going out on a, on just on this losing streak on another, on another crap team. I don't, I think fans are going to feel sorry for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember, I feel sorry for him. I, yeah. People think sports writers are dehuman. Like they think we love, I, I hate going up there every day and asking him like, <laughs> Yeah, do you yeah. do you think yeah. you're going to start this week? Blah blah blah. Like I feel bad for. Him. I mean, the guy's a the guy's a football. In I hate the word hero, but the guy's a football on the football yeah. field, a hero on the football field. Like I hate doing that. And you know, like Derek Jeter had that. You know, he was a he. It's funny because G- Manning kind of idolized Jeter, and they've had very similar careers. You know, championships and no and no. Uh, you know, no frills off the field, no uh, scandals off the field and whatnot. And then, you know, forget Derek. You forget Derek Jeter had kind of a terrible last season. The G- Yankees didn't make the playoffs. And then he gets that yeah. ridiculous walk-off hit or whatever after the Yankees blew like a 6 nothing <laughs> lead in the top of the ninth to let him get the game-winning hit. No. I, I mean, like, Eli had, did not get that, you know? Like, Eli had his – had the ball – first and 10 at the 40 last year in the yeah. finale yep. through four straight incompletions. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's, that's how it was going to end for Eli. It's so not uh, over. This but it's not over. Is over He's though. coming back. <laughs> so, and, uh, I think, I think this podcast <laughs> is over. Yep. Uh, but you can find it on Spreaker, Google play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Next time, we'll probably be joined by my colleague and beat writer, Matt Lombardo. But thanks for Steve Politti for filling in. Uh, any five-star reviews are appreciated. 
You can uh, follow all our Giants coverage this offseason of any move they make, assuming they make any moves, on nj.com slash Giants. Draft, free agency, all the like. <laughs> Odell Beckham will still write about him. I promise you that. Thanks for listening to episode 150 of the Talk is Cheap podcast. Cheap.